We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we call him uh, Gandalf because like he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. Coming off the bench. And the second question is... For me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my job is to never stop. Regardless of percentages, I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. What's up? Thank you guys for tuning in to the Uncontested, our first ever episode. We cover the NBA, pop culture, and theoretical science. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify. I am the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffin, and I am joined today by the rest of the Uncontested crew. We have the notorious trash talker, Kamyar Morabian. Hey, that's me. I'm here. We have the white guy with the most hip-hop knowledge I've ever met. Taylor Peterson. Yes, sir. What's up? We have former Thunderball boy, Nick Crane. What's going on? And lastly, you probably know him as the father of Kyle Singler Week. We have Justin. What's up, guys? So, for our first ever pod, we want to let you guys know that you can find us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Uh, you'll be able to find all of our podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, really the main places where you listen to podcasts at. And in honor of this being our first ever podcast, first off, I want to give a shout out to everyone that's already following us on Twitter. One day we got over 500 followers, tons of Twitter, Twitter interaction. You guys are awesome. We really appreciate that. And before we get started on this venture of this podcast, we wanted to let you guys get to know us a little bit. So I have a series of questions that I'm going to ask you dudes. Uh, I'll throw one out there. 
and then I will. I guess I'll go ahead and I'll call out who's going to answer which one. That way, people can kind of learn your voices on the pod since they are not seeing your faces uh, through their phones. All right, first off, let's start with Justin. Justin, who is your favorite non-current NBA player? I would have to go with Gary Payton. I grew up as a Sonics fan, and I value defense, and the glove was one of the best of all time. Very nice. Uh, Nick, your favorite non-current NBA player? Um, I have to go with Shaq, just the way he dominated the game. I mean, there's never been anyone like him. Very nice. Taylor? So uh, back in the day, I got a Christmas present, probably back when I was like in elementary school. Uh, it was a fathead for my grandma. If you guys don't know what that is, it's like a basically a big sticker you put on your wall. Do we know what a fathead is or a grandma is? <laughs> All the above. Um, the mother of my mother uh, gave me a big old sticker you put on your wall of Allen Iverson, the answer. He was Russell Westbrook before Russ. I love Allen Iverson. Hey, gang. Call me, Uh You know, I'm going to say partner. That's nasty. I'm going to go with Michael God. Cage. Best God damn it. You're kicked off the NBA podcast. player <laughs> right now. Uh, oh no, realistically, I'm probably going to go. Um, I'll go with. Uh, how about Clyde Drexler? Clyde Drexler. Okay, I'm going to be the um, the stereotypical guy here then. I'm going Michael Jordan. Hey, that's I don't fair. know why none of you guys picked Michael Jordan. Really? All right, Calvin, I'm coming back to you. Favorite current NBA player who does not play for the Thunder? I really, really like watching Kyrie Irving play because that dude has sick handles. I can get behind that. Taylor, favorite current non-Thunder player? This guy's also my rookie of the year pick. Uh, picked him up on my fantasy squad, so I've been following him a lot. Donovan Mitchell. I love his game. Dude, he's so damn good. He's Dude, incredible. Jazz have a he's good insane. one. Man. It's a matter of time before he leaves Utah, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> so sad. You gotta go right? That's how that works. Or Boston. Yeah. Uh, Nick, favorite non-Thunder NBA player currently in the league? That is easy. That is uh, Porzingis, uh, seven foot three. I think he's tied for the tallest guy in the NBA, and he pulls up from the logo. I just, that's incredible. And Justin, who's yours? I'm going with a guy that always kills the Thunder, Dame Dollop. That yeah, guy that's what I was thinking. Damn. Yeah. Right. That guy when is you, unreal. When you said a guy that always lights up the Thunder, I thought you were going Gerald Green. <laughs> Or someone or else Meeks. that none of us have heard of us before. Yeah, Jody Meeks. There you go. <laughs> Your typical. All right, this player. next one's a fun one. All right, you guys have committed murder. You're on death row. Execution is scheduled for tomorrow. You get your one last meal. Where they'll like bring you in whatever you want. Uh, Taylor, what are you taking for your last meal? I'm a huge steak guy, so a big old maybe a T-bone or porterhouse, um, some like mashed potatoes and gravy on the side, and probably a really nice salad or something to go with it. Maybe right, like very a good. glass of red wine. Classy. All right. Oh, getting classy <laughs> with it. Nice. I like it. I like it. Nick, what are you going with? Sushi, without a doubt. Sushi's my favorite food. If you follow okay, him on Snapchat, you'll, you'll know he loves sushi. <laughs> it's just a bunch of pictures of sushi? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Justin, what are you going with? Man, I got to go with the same thing Nick went with. I'm a big sushi guy. It's good out here in California off the coast. Man, come okay. try that. Very good. Call me. What are you going with? Um, my dad is from Iran, so I'm just going to go with Iranian food. Persian food is amazing, and Ooh. I can eat it for every meal. It's pretty good. Awesome. Nice. Nice. Uh, speaking of food, 
You can only eat at one fast food place the rest of your life. Tell me, are which fast food place you're choosing? Is the Q- only place you can eat the rest of your life is Qdoba fast food. I don't know. Is Qdoba fast food? I'd give it to you. It's kind there's of no drive through. It's, it's like kind of a tweener. Yeah, there's no drive through, but hey, I guess it could be fast food. Yeah. Then Qdoba. All right, we'll give we'll give you Qdoba. Nick, what are you going with? I'm gonna go with Mexican food as well, but a little less high class. I'm gonna go Taco Bell in that five dollar box. I could eat that forever. There you go. Yeah, dude. I've, I, a lot of people say Taco Bell will make you gain weight, but 30 minutes after you eat Taco Bell, you shit it all out anyway. So I think it's, you're fine. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> right? It's just like straight through. Taylor, what are you going with? Fact. On one one fast food place the rest of your life, Taylor. What are you eating? I'm going with Chick Fil A. It's always hell yeah, thing. hell yeah. The number five with the Dr Pepper, please. Yeah, that's right. And I love me a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken sandwich meal, no pickles. Oh, yes, no Coke. pickles. No cheese. pickles. Dude, pickles are trash. Pickles straight I garbage. Pickles. I do pickles like juice. pickles. Justin. Not on the sandwich, but I do like pickles in general. Fun fact. Justin, what are you going with? I'm going with Carl's Jr. I love burgers, and they have a great variety of choices. What the hell? That, that, <laughs> that teriyaki burger is amazing. I could get like four of those every time I go there. Hey, I kind of see where you're coming from. Like, I'm surprised no one said Jack in the Box just because the sheer amount of like options you can get at Jack in the Box. You want Asian, you can get Asian. You want tacos, you can get tacos. You want a burger, you can get a burger. Jack in the Box blows your asshole open, though. <laughs> That's that why is they call true. It Jack that is crack. a factual statement. <laughs> what? Justin, what is the lowest amount of money? What is your basement uh, that you would have to take in order to eat a six-inch long white dog turd? Oh, my goodness. Man, it, that depends on rent, car payment, when it's due. <laughs> I'd have to go $5,000. Five grand, okay. Okay. Jeez. Nick, how much money is it taking you to eat a six inch long white dog turd? Six inches is a long ass dog turd. That's that's a long turd. Um, Shoot. I want to say less than 5,000, but at the same time, in the moment, I'd probably require more. I'd probably say 10,000. Oh, wow. Nick's a high roller, man. Taylor, what are you going with? What's your price? What's your price? Oh, man. I was like, I mean, maybe a million. <laughs> Whoa! A million. Taylor, I mean, Taylor's playing know, no games over everything. here. Money isn't everything. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, that's, that's a heat of the moment type decision. Call me R. What's your price point? So I'm like, I'm busting at the good over here. I'm trying to like laugh, but not laugh at the same time. It, it depends, man. Is it cold or reheated back to life? <laughs> oh god i don't know it's, it's just straight out the damn yard you gotta go pick it up out of the yard <laughs> man these things matter if it's so like it's it's white dog poop and it's been on the yard so like it's it's really old right it's like chalky and like nasty mm. yeah uh, uh enough to take care of my student loans how about that okay there you That's go fair. You see, so for the listeners at home who don't know this, uh, Kamiar and I are both public school teachers here in Oklahoma, which means um, like our paychecks are like fifty bucks every month. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I, if I'm not allowed to throw up, I probably can't get the turd down. But if I can like vomit it back up, I'd probably do like eight hundred bucks. <laughs> Damn it, Jesus! And this is why, dude, eight hundred bucks is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will not be eating dog turds on strike, though. I promise you that. 1945? Damn, you're cheap. 
All right, lastly, my last question for our listeners to get to know you guys. I'm going to start with Nick on this one. What is your passion outside of sports? When you're not watching basketball, football, baseball, hockey, curling, whatever the hell you watch, um, what are you passionate about? What do you like to do? Um, I like to eat and I like to try new things. Um, so if any of the listeners out there have anything uh, crazy in Oklahoma City I need to try as far as food goes, hit me up because I'm always down to try new things. I love eating food. Very nice, very nice. Uh, Taylor, what do you enjoy to do? What's your passion outside of sports? Uh, it's not to sound like a complete tool, and people are probably going to think that anyways, but whatever. <laughs> I actually do really enjoy going to the gym and lifting and working out and stuff. I just uh, I have a really cool gym group, a bunch of guys I enjoy hanging out with, and I just like I really like that idea of bettering your body. But I also love being outside, being outdoors. Um, I fish quite a bit. I have a pup, a one-year-old pup, and I love taking him on walks and letting him explore and doing fun things like that. Um, so I love being outside. Heck yeah, awesome. Justin, what do you like to do besides uh, entertain yourself with sports? I love to go camping. We got Big Bear Mountain out here. I love to just get away and get rid of the cell phone and just go up there for a weekend and just disconnect like the 90s. Very nice, very nice. Come here. Yeah, just like Taylor said, I like to go to the gym. Um, and then besides that, a lot of shit talk on Twitter. I like that. That's real fun, good. Uh, that's about it. Nice, nice. Um, I guess I'll answer my own question here. Um, I also enjoy going to the gym. Uh, just kind of, it's kind of therapeutic. You never leave the yeah. gym and Absolutely. like don't feel good about going. So I like to go to the gym. I'm also, uh, as people on Twitter probably already know, I'm a huge nerd, like enormous yeah. nerd. nerd. So if I'm nerd not mob. playing basketball or watching basketball or football. I am probably either playing video games or watching anime or playing Dungeons and Dragons or some sort of nerd shit like that. So, hey, that's cool. We're talking about the state of the thunder, uh, Mr. Niffin. Yeah. So the state of the thunder. Each week, we're going to do a rundown of each of the games, see what happens, uh, we'll see what the scores are, and do an individual breakdown of each of them. So this past week, Oklahoma City had a home stint against Houston. Phoenix and San Antonio uh, at Houston or in Houston, excuse me, versus Houston. Oklahoma City lost 122 to 112. It was kind of miserable. Then they went on a tear against Phoenix, 115 to 87, and then they beat San Antonio last night at 104 to 94 with very, very little help from Carmelo Anthony. So, who's the Rockets recap? That is me. Um, I have a couple bullet points here. Uh, the first being that we've got to get Steven Adams more involved. Um, I know in our practice pod we did, we all kind of got together and, and had a, a group call. And that was one of the points that we mentioned is that Steven, they typically get him involved early. Um, typically by like a alley-oop from Russ. And then from there, the rest of the game, particularly the second half, they don't really get him involved. Although they did get him involved in the second half this time. It seemed like they went away from him early on and it started to go back to him. And that's kind of when we started to make our, our run there and got it within single digits. Um, so I feel like that's just, you know, that just justifies that we've got to get him involved more. The other thing, and this is a stat that a lot of you guys probably have seen, they put it on the screen on the TNT broadcast. And this maybe have changed. I checked the last two games, so I don't think it's changed much. But the Thunder are 14-2 and two when Russ shoots 14 or less uh, field goals. He had 15 against San Antonio, and so that was obviously one shot more, and he was phenomenal. And then also, he uh, the Thunder are 22 and 25 when Russ shoots 17 or more. 
So I, I think that holds a lot of validity, but I also think that you got to take that into context, right? So if the Thunder are down by maybe 10 uh, with maybe five minutes to go in the fourth quarter and nobody, you know, PG's not shooting well, Melo's not shooting well, Russ is going to take over and that's going to cause his shots to go up. And that's tough to come back from when you're playing a team like the Rockets and down 10, there's a good chance you're going to lose those games. And so I think that's where that stat comes from. But nevertheless, it's interesting. There's a lack of ball movement. Um, Corey Brewer did not start this game. And since then, I think we can kind of tell that that obviously helps the ball movement. We'll get into that more, but there was a lack of ball movement. Paul George was only 26.1% from three since the All-Star break. And that showed in the Houston game. But actually, so I was researching this and I, I have a fun question for you guys. Who leads the Thunder in three-point percentage since the All-Star break? Jacob, what do you think? Leads the Thunder in three-point percentage since, since the, the All-Star. All-Star break. Correct. It's I'm going gonna, gonna to take a flyer. I haven't looked this up. I'm going to take a flyer here. I'm going to say Jeremy Green. No. Come okay. It's, it's Alex Sabrinas, right? Nope. Nick. Uh, I'm going to go Raymond Felton. Close, but nothing. Justin. I, I don't know if it counts or not, but I'm going to go with Corey Brewer. No, but also close. So uh, our man Terrence Ferguson at 55.6%. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. A very, very, very small size. <laughs> how, many, uh, how many attempts, though, on that one? It, 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 I, not, very, not very many and not very many, very many minutes played. So technically, the leader would be Raymond, Raymond Felton, Ray Ray, at 44.8% at wow. three point attempts per game. And then Corey Brewer, Justin, comes in at a close second at 42.9% at 3.5 assists, or attempts per game, excuse me. Dude, he's been getting buckets from the corner. He has. That's his shot. I love it. And that's where we parked Dre. And he's supposed to be, you know, close. Yep. Dre's we, need, we need to put close. Brewer in one corner, Patterson in the other, and just shoot let the, him shoot those corner shoot threes. Shoot the piss out of the ball to quote yeah. Russell Westbrook. I'm really hoping that OKC is able to retain Brewer for next year. That would be, uh, it seems like him and Donovan are a real actual thing. Like that Brewer bump is real for Donovan and Brewer because he's been playing his ass off. Absolutely. Um, And then Russ is only shooting 16.1% post All-Star break from three. So I'm not surprised. That statistic (laughs) about him not shooting threes and the Thunder winning games, that justifies that. And Definitely. the last thing I, last couple things that I have is Russ wasn't very, uh, wasn't very engaged. He was very disengaged on the defensive end. It seemed like that game, which is strange because typically he steps up, as we saw against elite teams, like we saw last night against San Antonio. And then, I mean, Houston's an elite team; they're really good. And the fact that we played them, you know, at, at ten points um, when it was all said and done, and you know, a bunch of our players didn't really have their best games, I think that says a lot. And uh, that at least led me into the rest of the week feeling. A little optimistic like hey if we ride this this way we got going at the end of the fourth then we're gonna be all right and that's exactly what happened so that's all i got in houston we had phoenix and um it just seemed like it was you know devin booker and a bunch of d-league players uh, i don't know if i can attest good team defense to this or just the suns being really really bad but only two guys scored in double figures devin booker had 30 Tyson Chandler had 10, and outside of that, they really didn't score a whole lot, so I guess we can be optimistic and say our defense is looking a little better. Uh, Corey Brewer's first start put up 17 points. That was big for us, and kind of like Taylor was saying earlier, um, Russ doing less kind of does more for the team. He only shot 
14 shots. He was a plus 28. And uh, just, you know, when, when he doesn't shoot the ball a whole lot and tries getting others involved, even with PG and Melo struggling, um, we seem to do a lot better, especially in a game like that where our bench contributed quite a bit. Uh, so I think it just, it's one of those things if Russ cuts down on the threes and, and shoots less shots in general and gets the other guys involved, we'll be a better team. I mean, one thing I really liked about that Suns game, too, was in the third quarter specifically, Russell Westbrook continually looked to throw the ball down to Adams on the block. And he either worked over Alex Len or Tyson Chandler and got a basket, or he would demand somebody from the wing to dig down in the post, and he had a nice kick out to Corey Brewer for a corner three. And there's not a lot of centers in this league that can match up pound for pound with Steven Adams. So I think sometimes whenever you need a bucket, if you can just throw it down to that guy and let him just bang a few times and turn around and lay it off the glass or do that up and under he's got, that's actually a pretty valuable source of offense. Another thing I was going to, I got to give a shout out to my, one of my TU fellow alums, Shaq Harrison. Uh, he's a G League guy, came up from the Phoenix Suns organization. They put him on a 10-day contract, played really well, put him on a second 10-day contract, and he actually ended up starting for the Phoenix Suns uh, last night in place of uh, the injured Devin Booker. He's just a really good guy. He works on his craft. He works hard. Um, very genuine. Um, when I proposed to my fiance, for example, back in December, he's one of the first guys to reach out to me. So I'm just I'm really excited for him. Played well against the Thunder. So um, you never know. Maybe we can get him to come back to the uh, Tulsa OKC area. He's a, he's a good little go. player. Very cool. Very cool. Um, the last game of the week, last night, was Thunder vs. Spurs. Uh, Justin, you got some stuff on us for that? Yes, we do. So that was probably one of the funnest games we have seen OKC play in a long time. We got to see Mr. Thunder get quite a few minutes down the stretch. He didn't have to be one of those walk-on freshman type, as he said last night when he was getting interviewed. Yeah. But... With Steven Adams going down, um, we have to see where he's at. We know it's a sprained ankle, but we do know those can be recurring, so we don't know how long he will be out for. But OKC played really good defense last night up until about the six-minute mark in the fourth quarter. In typical OKC way, they tried to blow the game when they were up by 21. And they completely fell apart on the defensive end, started giving up threes to that little ginger guy or tall ginger guy, David <laughs> Tons. Guy wouldn't miss. And I do have to say that Russell Westbrook set the tone. He's a great defensive player, but sometimes he just takes defensive plays off. But last night, he played really well, set the tone, great team defense. And one thing I do have to bring up, at one point, I did not know if Darnell Mayberry was watching the same game that we were, but yeah. he said that Westbrook's defense is trash on probably the best defensive effort Russell Westbrook has given all year. So I got to get your take on that tweet, fellas. <laughs> has Darnell Mayberry ever liked Russell Westbrook? No. Never. It's unbelievable. As he always loved Kevin Durant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Darnell Mayberry has like some sort of weird infatuation with OKC backup point guards. Like he always loved Reggie Jackson. He always loved Eric Maynard. He always loved anybody not named Russ. And now he's at a team that is pretty abysmal. He's still like looking at these national televised games and talking crap on Russ, in which Russ was very, very active on defense. Like there were plenty of yeah, times hit. Russ would Absolutely. rotate over and alter Aldridge's shots. And one of the only That's reasons what I was say. why Aldridge. <laughs> Uh, had the issues is because 
Aldridge, uh, he would go to the paint, and Russell would come up for a slash over the top and make Aldridge uh, alter a shot. Yeah, Russ' help defense last night was incredible. You know, it wasn't as much the on-ball defense as the off-ball rotating and protecting the rim that he was doing was incredible. And yeah, I, I'd be interested to know how much of that game Darnell Mayberry actually watched. Did he tune in for like three possessions and then scoreboard watch the rest of the time? I mean, because Russ played a good defensive game. I bet, I bet Mayberry only tuned into the part where Russ gambled and tried to steal all, on an Aldridge behind the back, uh, just pick him, just pick him, and that's the play watch. And was like, oh, Russ plays garbage defense, and then they just carried it on like that. I'm willing to bet that's what happened. Switch it back to another game, and yeah. <laughs> didn't really pay we attention also, to the entirety of this game. We also have to talk about the great energy that Corey Brewer has brought the last two games on defense. OKC just looks a lot more engaged and we're not going to be able to replace Andre Roberson, but having a veteran presence at the two has been absolutely amazing for OKC. For sure. And not only defensively, but offensively as well. Now they have a guy. I mean, we talked about how Brewer is shooting great from the corners, but he's not a guy that just sits in the corner like they were having Roberson doing. And especially what they were having um, uh, Josh Eustace doing uh, Brewer will get out, he'll run, he'll cut. I mean, how many times have we seen Russ just drive the lane and drop a beautiful pass off to a cutting Corey Brewer for a for a simple layup, you know? Just those things. Brewer won't cut because he expects the ball. He just cuts to get the defense moving. And that makes such a big difference, and it's opening up lanes for other guys. I just yeah, have absolutely. to point out the stat that in 19 games since Andre Roberson went down, OKC gave up over 118 of them. The last two games with Corey Brewer starting, under 100 in both games. Wow. I got something to go with that. So the uh, this is obviously a fairly small sample size, but Corey Brewer in the starting lineup, that lineup is a plus-minus 5.3, a plus 5.3, compared to the starters with Dre in there, which was a 5.2. <laughs> it's 0 0.1 better than when Dre's in there. Obviously, like I said, that's a fairly small sample size, but – Maybe we're on to something here. I mean, the defense lags a little more compared to when Dre's there, but obviously the offense is a little better. Definitely. And with Brewer being so tall and so long, it really allows them to do a lot of the switching that they want to do as well. So really makes a lot of sense. So we've talked about the three games of the week. Any big themes, any big um, just general ideas that you guys have noticed from the team this week that you want to talk about? I'll, sh I'll share mine. And we talked about this last week on a podcast that we didn't release to the public. Besides that like six-minute stretch that the bench had in the end of the first, beginning of the second quarter against Phoenix, the bench is playing really damn good. Like, really good. Yep. 50 points against the Spurs. I mean, Alex Abrinas was out there looking like Anthony Morrow, just getting buckets. Oh, yeah. The bench I've, has been awesome. I've been really impressed with the play of the bench. The okay Let's hope bench. it keeps up. The yeah. OKC bench played like the Spurs bench last night. All those Pops teams with great benches, that's yep. how OKC played. That's a good point. I mean, Jeremy Grant's continuing to prove that he is a, a solid uh, rim roller on pick and rolls. Uh, I've always loved Patrick Patterson's game. I love how that guy, the ball never sticks with him. Alex Abrinas looked very confident last night. It's like he knew that Terrence Ferguson wasn't there going to take his minutes so he could just go in and play. And he came in and he shot the piss out of the ball. He played great. 
He looks Speak. a lot more confident. Maybe even a little more. De- I think it's determination we've been seeing too. He didn't get in on that. Was it the Warriors game? They didn't get very much playing time, and Fur got it yep. instead. And uh, there was a quote about him post game, uh, or from him post game, saying that you know it just made him more motivated. And I think we've seen that absolutely. He's just more aggressive, playing a lot better defense, even if it's not perfect. It's, it's certainly better. And like you guys said, his shots starting to fall. So that's really exciting. Is Ferguson dead? I think you know he, he might be. Yeah, Stephen Adams. That's like a brick wall. <laughs> and he ran into it head first. I he like been... how it was head-to-head con- contact, and Stephen Adams like was not phased at all, and Ferguson was legitimately laying on the court unconscious. Like I thought that dude died. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad news. But it'd be a warning to uh, anybody that tries to go against Stephen Adams. Yeah, there you go. I thought still when the trainer started running out there, I was like, oh shit, did they got a body bag? About to bag him up and send him out? Well, they didn't come something. out at first. Yeah, yeah, he was waving for him, and they didn't come out. <laughs> oh, Stephen popped that was up, the... so Ferg will be fine. Uh... <laughs> that that was the same night that um, that Jalen Brown almost died as well. That oh, one, scary. that was gnarly. That was, that was gnarly. He almost did a backflip off the rim. They're saying he's only going to be out like a week. I'm like, man, that's really, really nice. Answer to prayers I, and all, but man, that's surprising. I, I'd retire. Yeah, I'd be done after that shit. <laughs> My back can't take that. So what do you what do you guys think about Nick? And obviously he's he's older. He has mileage on him, so he can't play consecutive minutes. But man, I mean, he comes in there, he tries hard, and he really helped us last night. It was a big spark. So what do you guys think he, about maybe throwing in in there? You know, just every once in a while, come playoff time. I think if needed, he he's good, um, but. He was so damn tired after those seven minutes. You could see him like <laughs> huffing him up. He didn't, yeah, he didn't have his game speed, but dude, Nick is such a plug and play guy. Like Nick could play with anybody in the league, anybody in the league. I did we we didn't get a backdoor pass last night though, did we? Mm, I don't I think so. he got the backdoor assist. Nope. So was it really Nick Collison? That's the real question here. If there's no backdoor assist, was it really Nick? Gets like a reinvented form of Nick Collison, but I know it, I missed that. Back it really okay. was because that up and under was absolutely amazing that he had last night. Oh, dude, it was beautiful. There was one point where they swung the ball to him up at the three point line at the top of the key, and if he would have pulled up from there and hit that, like <laughs> they would have stopped the game. It would have been like and one mixtape type of stuff with everybody like rushing the court. Oh, it would have been awesome. And it seemed yeah, like Russell time. Westbrook like intentionally was looking for Nick whenever he got in there. Like he was trying to do anything he could to get Nick a to get Nick a bucket. How about that picture that the Thunder tweeted out of the Mister Clean with Nick Collison's face? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that was awesome. That was awesome. Really, Thunder up. Twitter yeah, with some actual personality. It, incredible. When did this happen? Help froze over. All right, call me R. I believe you have a uh, a few questions for us. Alright guys, so this section is dedicated to Would You Rather. So once a week, we're going to pose a question to you. It's a Would You Rather question. This could be Thunder or NBA related. It could be just completely random. Basically, we'd love for all of our listeners to get in on this. So during the week, y'all just tweet us some interesting things that are funny about the NBA, just down weird. Would You Rather questions. So we got plenty of them actually within the last 24 hours of Would You Rather. And we picked a few of the better ones. Uh, so the first one from Smooth Vic is, would you rather be up 
3-1 in the NBA Finals and lose, or would you rather be swept 4 to nothing in the NBA Finals? What do y'all think? Ooh. That's such a tough one. That, that is really I, tough. I'm, I'm going to – I'll start us off. I'm going swept. I'd rather get swept than, than choke away a 3-1 lead. Yeah. I, I'd rather I, get swept as well. I'm going to take a different approach than you guys. I'm going to take I'd rather be up 3-1 in the NBA Finals and lose just due to our situation. If we if this were to happen to us and Paul George has to make a decision on coming back, I feel like if we were up 3-1, that feeling of, oh, we're a contender and we could actually win this thing would be stuck in his head. Whereas getting swept, he may think, oh, maybe I'll just go play with LeBron in, in L.A. That didn't work for Kevin Durant, though. Yeah, we had a similar, yeah, but, we had a similar situation. But, but Kevin Kevin Durant is uh, is uh, a little different a than most people, I would say. Yeah, that that's that's a good word for it. Mentally weak. Yeah, I would also go four and zero sweep though, because four and zero is a lot less. I mean, four and zero is of course more embarrassing, right? But three and one is like crippling your mind uh make you have breakdowns mentally and just sad for years so of course you have the idea that you were there regardless but 4-0 is much easier to live off with than 3-1 we almost had it and then your door of opportunity is shut so that's more depressing so there's that Uh, in the finals just that's another step towards a championship right like you're a step further along than you are in the western conference finals so i think that in itself is is worth it right uh, Nick Hodge, he has a, another one. He says, would you rather have never made the mellow trade and kept McDermott and Cantor, or would you rather have the big three, or I guess some of us would say the big four when Steven Adams is here? Uh, so, Taylor, you go ahead and start off. So I know this is fairly stereotypical and a, a common take, but I think if you have Cantor and you have McDermott, you're going to get more more regular season wins. We're going to be maybe where the Timberwolves were maybe a week ago, you know, at a solid four seed. We maybe would have even a little more of a cushion, kind of like Portland right now. But I think when it comes to the playoffs, you need a player like Melo. And as much as we like to hate on the post-up isolation, a guy like that who can create his own shot when it comes to playoff time, I think that's pretty invaluable. Um, and I think that that just that raises the thunder ceiling so much that it it, it is worth it. Unfortunately, I must admit I'm a little skeptical that here maybe two, three, four or five years from now, we're going to look back and say, yeah, you know, it was worth it. You had to make that trade, but unfortunately it didn't work out. I could definitely see where we end up there. But if I'm Sam Presti and I'm where he was at this past summer, I'd do that trade. Retweet. I'm with you 100%. I'm, 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 I'm with you as well. Same here. That's tough, though. I mean, particularly where the Thunder are at right now. Maybe not even as much right now as they were two weeks to a month ago. I mean, I, there was plenty of times where I was hating on Melo or I was thinking, man, I really miss, miss Enos Cantor off the bench. But, um, you know, I, I, I and, think and I, I think we'll be able to answer this question a little bit better after the playoffs, you know, because right now our thought sure. process is Melo raises the ceiling in the playoffs. And if we get to the playoffs and Melo is that dude that can just go get a bucket and is making plays, then it's worth it. But if we get to the playoffs and we get the Melo that we had last night in San Antonio, then my tone's going to change a whole lot. Yeah, a lot of it's a, a lot of it's what have you done for me lately as far as this question is is concerned. Like if you're talking about since basically February or January, 
Uh, I think a lot of people would suggest they'd rather have McDermott and Cantor back in comparison to Melo. But if we're talking holistically the entire season, including the playoffs where Melo's actually played before, and especially during the playoffs when you're going to shorten your bench, then a lot of people would rather have Melo because we found out last year, and heck, Billy Donovan meant, even said it on live te- television uh, during the Rocket series. He can't play Cantor, and uh, McDermott can't guard a soul. N- not that Melo can. But when Melo is actually engaged, we know he can. So there's that. But when you shorten your bench to eight, you're not going to really play Cantor. You're not really going to play McDermott that much. So I would still go with I'd rather have Melo as far as right now. But it's 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 difficult to predict as far as what's happening because if it's like early midseason Melo, yeah. If it's right now, the past two months, uh, no. So it's, it's difficult. Yep. And if you do have everyone else on this team, but then you also have McDermott and Canner. Whenever the playoffs get here, McDermott's not playing for this team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right? McDermott would not get minutes for this current Thunder team in the playoffs. And Cantor might be limited to like six to eight minutes in the playoffs. You know, so right. that kind of like reinforces this idea that Melo is going to show his worth whenever we get to the postseason because he's going to get a lot more time. Yeah, you- and to point in on that as well, Melo is an ISO player, and when the game slows down in the playoffs and you go to half-court sets, if you can get ISO Melo in a few of those situations, he's as good as there is. Have you considered, like, earlier in the year when we had just picked up Patrick Patterson and we thought he was going to be the starting four and the narrative behind him was that, yeah, Patrick's going to drive you insane because there will be some games where he's really on and he's making threes and doing a lot of good things, and then there will be some weeks where he's just completely off and is just awful and sucks. Uh, and that's not really applied to Patrick Patterson as much as it has Carmelo Anthony this year? Definitely. Definitely. I think the thing with Patrick Patterson, they need to put a, a clause in his contract that says every three-pointer he hits, there's a new movie release. The guy would be unconscious. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Of his pick, too. He gets to pick, pick the movie. <laughs> All right, moving on. And this is the question that we deemed the best one, and it's not even basketball-related. It's more like going to give us existential crises while we're trying to sleep. But this is from <laughs> WestBeast21. They said, would you rather know how you're going to die or when you're going to die? So we'll start off with Nick. Um, I think I would rather know how I'm going to die just so I can kind of prepare and at least avoid certain things knowing how I'm going to die. Um, I don't know. Maybe at that point you could avoid the way you're supposed to die, but I don't know. That's that's a tough question. You find out you're going to die in a car crash, so you like, never, never ride a again. car ever yeah. again. <laughs> right. Just ride bicycles. Right. Plot twist, you just get ran over by the car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I... probably going to die from watching Thunder play in the third quarters of games. Just going to drive my stress levels crazy. High blood pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna team up with Nick on this one. I'd rather know how I'm gonna die, um, and Nick's reason's good. But if I know when I'm going to die, I'm gonna stress about that date so much. You know, Very like definitely. that's always gonna be in the back of my head of everything I'm gonna do. And maybe some people have a different perspective on that. You know, it lets them know that they only have so much time left, and they're gonna have to, you know, really live. But for me, like that would cause so much anxiety, I wouldn't be able to enjoy the rest of my life. So I'm, I'm definitely going how I'm going to die, not when. Now that, I, now that I think of it, if, if you know 
the day you're going to die, you could do some just stupid crap every single day knowing you're not going to die that day. <laughs> you can kind of just live life on the edge knowing you're not going to die because you're, you're, you already know what day you're going to die. That's an optimistic true. way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd rather know how also. I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I just, I'd rather not know, live my life to the fullest, maybe avoid certain activities. But if I know when, I'm just going to be kind of dreading it, dreading that date. But if I know how, like, it also kind of, it depends. Because what if you find out, like, how you're going to die, and you're going to go out like a little bitch. Like, you die <laughs> by, like, choking on a potato chip or something, you know? Like, you're like, oh, shit, man, this is awful. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm never eating chips ever again. It's like somebody sneaks a chip and, and something you eat. <laughs> die from an asthma attack from, like, petting a cat or something. It's like the absolute worst way to go. You know, I'd probably, I'd probably prefer to know, I mean, and I know you guys, a lot of you guys said, uh, want to know how you're going to die, but I probably want to know when, because, again, like, th- that gives you time to prepare for a lot of other stuff you maybe want to do for the rest of your life, I guess, and then, uh, there, that way there's no ever, there's, n- there's no other way you can be like, oh, I never, like, I guess if, like, you're in purgatory or whatever you believe in, you're never like, oh, crap, I never said goodbye to grandma, damn. Uh, or something. That's I guess. True. I guess your grandma would probably be dead before you, likely. But anyways, uh, so Loved like ones you can say you can say bye to people, and you can do all the things you want. And by the time it's like time for dead, uh, you can just finally accept it. But then again, it causes a lot of anxiety. So it depends on if you're taking meds or not. That's true. Well, and if you know when you're going to die, that week before you die, you can drive your life insurance up like out the damn roof. And so once you see? die, your family's like set forever. Yes. Yeah, see, you know. But then what? What if you find out and they're like, "Yeah, you're gonna die in three days." <laughs> That's uh, what I was thinking. I probably you know, like, it's probably start up. crying. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Probably That's sleep too risky. a lot. That's a good question. Yeah, it makes me sad thinking about it actually. So yeah, so. I'm gonna go and stress the hell out the rest of the day just thinking gonna, about death. I'm just gonna take a Xanax <laughs> and keep on living my life. <laughs> but uh, so something I heard on. On another podcast recently was you can shut them out. You can was, shut them out. Yeah, it's down to dunk. I was listening to down to dunk the other day. And Speaking of down to dunk, I'm gonna cut you off real quick because we got to give a shout out to uh, leader of down to dunk Andrew Schlecht. Yep, um, he's been a huge help in trying to help us get all the audio stuff for the podcast set up, giving us tips um, constantly in the DMs. Andrew's a really really solid dude. Uh, you know, obviously. We're both in the same market as far as like Thunder podcast and stuff, but there's definitely no beef or no competition there. Um, down, down to dunk guys are awesome, so shout out to them. Sorry, call me on. Go ahead. Okay. Anyways, so they were discussing uh, the question about who the second best two guard is in in the in the NBA, and some of them suggested that it was Demar Derozan. One suggested it was Clay Thompson, but it made me think of who the better two guard was between. Because in this narrative they were having, I was thinking, well, they're missing out on Clay Thompson, but I would almost choose Bradley Beal over DeMar DeRozan. So who's the better two-guard, DeMar DeRozan or Bradley Beal? Oh, I think context has a lot to do with it. Um, if we're talking like a better two-guard to play for this Thunder team, I'm probably going Beal over DeRozan. If we're talking in general, God, it's really close. I might go with DeRozan over Beal just because I feel like DeRozan has um, a myriad of way to score. Uh, he can take it down in the post. He can. He's got that old Kobe like post up game, but he's now started to develop his game out the three point line. 
but I love Beal's defense and Beal's um, off the ball, like catch and shoot three ability. So it's really difficult for me. If we're just going pure talent, I think I might lean DeMar DeRozan here. I'm going with Bradley Beal. I mean, the guy, the guy is good on defense. DeRozan, a little bit shaky on that end, but if I had to take a guy for the Thunder, not only am I taking Bradley Beal because he's a Billy Donovan guy, but I think he would be great with catch-and-shoot situations from Russell Westbrook. I agree. I was going to say, Bradley Beal, there's so much talk these days about 3 and D in the NBA. When the Thunder were looking at the buyout market, even the, the trade deadline, there was so many fans, so many people saying we need a 3 and D player. I think Bradley Beal's that ultimate guy. Uh, he's really good in those situations. He's just so fundamentally sound. But, man, DeRozan should be an MVP candidate, and he's maybe not getting enough talk right now, but he's had an incredible season. And the, his ability to create his own shot, it's impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Brad Beal for sure on this, whether it's the fit for the Thunder or just who I'd rather have on almost any team. That dude, he puts the ball in the hole and, and plays defense as well. He was actually my, um, my sleeper pick for All-Star Game MVP. I knew he could potentially, you know, catch fire out of nowhere he ended up not but yeah that that dude he can he can put the ball in the hole so i'd definitely pick him yeah i'm going with bradley bill as well not only is he a good defender uh since john wall's been out he's actually been a really really awesome facilitator and making that team kind of even better not that washington's better without john wall because that's false he makes that team give a little umph and they're going to need him for the playoffs but he is really taking control of that team with him out and they look really really good he's really been growing as a cutter and a slasher as long as as well as a three-point shooter uh, real good player total package player i would enjoy him on the thunder or just in general over DeRozan and his mid-range game so that's just me so we can do next we can do uh, around the association we can uh, talk about uh people just outside of the thunder and teams outside of the thunder the first First thing I kind of want to discuss is um, the Pelicans and the Blazers were kind of that team that, you know, three weeks ago I was not worried about. I was more worried about the Spurs and the Wolves. And in the last couple of weeks, that, that that script's kind of flipped. And now it looks like the Pelicans and the Blazers are kind of the hot team and the teams we're going to be competing with for that 3-4 spot. Uh, do you guys think this is just a little phase they're going through or do you think Pelicans and Blazers are real as far as um, a team we're going to compete with that that four or five seed. For the Pelicans, I think they go as far as Anthony Davis goes. You know, they have they have some decent complementary pieces, but they go as far as Anthony Davis goes. As far as the Blazers, um, I don't know if they're ever going to lose another game uh, in my lifetime. They <laughs> are. They. Honestly, I am so scared of the Thunder getting the sixth seed and playing the Blazers in the in the three six matchup. The Blazers scare the hell out of me. Like they they are legitimately Especially at their good. place. Yeah, and yeah. the Thunder haven't won up there since it's like twenty fourteen or something like that. Like Dame and CJ have it show. going on. Adam struggles with Nurk. You know they have a plethora of wings they can throw out there. They uh, they're for real. They're for real. They're playing really, really good basketball. Yeah, I mean, both teams are just absolutely amazing right now, as Jacob said. Pelicans are going to go as far as Anthony Davis goes. If he gets hurt, the Pelicans are no match for anybody. But the Blazers, the Thunder just have trouble guarding Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum. And the Thunder just cannot win up in Portland. They just can't. They've never mm-hmm. been able to <laughs> Yeah, it's it's incredibly frustrating. Every time 
every time they go play to each other. I expect uh, Steven Adams to get his ass kicked by Nurk, and that's really unbelievable and really frustrating. And then the next thing you know, Shabazz Napier is hitting like threes in your face, and then it, and CJ McCollum seems to never ever come off the floor, and then you realize, oh, that's not CJ McCollum, that's Dame Lillard. Like They're the same player. They're the same player. Uh, Dame just mm-hmm. a little better. Uh, it's, just, it's just really frustrating. Uh, incredibly frustrating. So the Pelicans, I agree. They go as far as Anthony Davis can carry them. They have Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, and who else? Right. That's, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. And Andrew Boogie, who's out for the season. Yeah, so, so I, I agree. They're very uh, similar to the Thunder team last year when Russ was just playing out of his mind during that last stretch. They have that one-star player, and they kind of ride his coattails, and then, you know, it, Russ can only do so much. AD can only do so much when it comes to playoff time. I'm in the same boat. But I wouldn't be surprised if they finish in a decent seed come playoff right. time and then maybe lose in the first round regardless of their seed. So we'll see. Right. We'll Definitely. See. I agree. And I know, I know this is the around the association, so we're talking about like other teams. But just out of curiosity, real quick, if Thunder and New Orleans Pelicans meet in a playoff series, uh, who do you guys have winning and how many games? Thunder and five. I think I agree with you. I say Thunder. I'm, I'm not. I'm not scared of them. Thunder and six. I just think a little bit too much superstar ball. The Thunder would drop a few games. Yeah, I got OKC sure. and six as well. What if the Thunder and the Blazers played in a playoff series and uh, obviously Portland would have home court advantage in that series? That's a seven-game series either way, in my opinion. I think I think we push them to seven, they push us to seven, but that'd be a dogfight. That would. Uh, I, I, kind of, I think, I, I think I I'm with you on the seven-game series. I don't want to see Portland in the game seven in Portland. <laughs> the Thunder would yeah, with Dame Lillard if they want to win. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, kind of to go along with Portland, uh, something kind of interesting I was looking at the other day. Uh, so in our Northwest Division, um, looking at the five teams we have, we've got Portland, Minnesota, the Thunder, obviously, Denver, and Utah, who are all you know top teams in the West trying to get a playoff spot. I looked around; no other division has um, all five teams that have a winning record. Better yet, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. Um, do you think? Obviously, it does a little bit, but how how much do you think playing in a division like this, playing these playing these guys more often than not, um, makes our schedule that much tougher than if we got to play the the Bulls or the Mavs, you know, four times a year? Definitely, you know, I think uh, I think that's going to play a part in the in the schedule at the end of the year that the Thunder played all these teams more than any other team has played all these teams i think i think that plays a big deal and i think that what four of those five are going to make it to the playoffs i think four of those five in our division will be in the playoffs um come april yeah utah's right. been surging man and portland that went from like being barely on the fringe to the playoffs to the three seed and they have like a pretty good stranglehold on that Minnesota, they're being Minnesota with or without Jimmy Butler. They just beat Golden State today, even though we were expecting them to lose, and that's frustrating. Denver is odd because Millsap went out, and then, of course, they kind of took a dump, and then Millsap is now back, and they're really not that much better. They, they're they kind of just they're just swimming around, and I don't know if they're making the playoffs. I would be more apt yeah, to they say— got seven, Their next seven games are on the road. Yeah, Denver's got seven straight on the road. Ooh, I would say man. Utah's probably going to overtake Denver because uh, I think Utah is in the nine seed right now, and they're tied with the Clippers for eight. So 
I don't yep. know. The Utah put on a tear as soon as Rudy Gobert came back. So living in this in this conference, this division, uh, it's a struggle, especially being in the most tough division in NBA. I mean, it's night in and night out. Luckily, OKC caught Utah in those all those stretches when Rudy Gobert was out. That's why they like mm-hmm. swept him or whatever. Uh, yep. Minnesota, there was a couple games here and there that they actually probably should have won, and that was early in the season. Carl uh, Anthony Towns set an illegal screen, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, OKC always has trouble with Portland and Utah. I mean, or in Denver, uh, it's like always a back and forth game. It's kind of annoying. And Wilson Chandler has a weird neck tattoo. <laughs> hey, they'll be they'll be prepared. Absolutely, they they know they got to bring it night in night out. Kind of like PG said yesterday uh, pregame and. I think they're going to be prepared come playoffs, and they know what they've got to do this last stretch of the season. So hopefully they can do it. Definitely. How many? So how next, many of those teams make the playoffs? So those five. How many? Four. How many of those teams? I'm going four as well. Four. Which team? Four. Which team are you guys drop, leaving out? Spurs drop. Denver drops. Yep, I'm with you. I I think Denver is the one team from our division that doesn't make it. Agreed. I agree. And Especially then, agreed. Yeah. Utah. Okay. Utah takes Amen. the Spurs spot in the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And I I would not want to play Utah uh, in the playoffs. You know, they're they're a solid defensive team. Quinn Snyder does a great job with that team. And you know, maybe the stage finally will be a little too big for Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. But God, that kid can play. Any that team kid can play. Any team that starts Joe Ingles is not going to be OKC in a series. No. No, I don't think so. I don't think they'll get out of the first round, but I do just because they're well coached, fundamentally sound. I can see them pushing a team to six, maybe even seven games, depending on who it is. But I agree with you. I think they're a little, little too old on one side, and then a little too inexperienced on the other, which is a really weird combination. But I don't see yep. them getting out of the first round. Although and I hey, Joe Ingles can get buckets. All right, Joe Ingles is that old white guy at the gym yeah. that can just shoot the shit out of that thing. Yeah, he also yeah. he also looks like you guys ever seen that movie called V for Vendetta? No. Yeah. He looks like one of those weird, odd Englishmen that's like a that's like part of the secret police that like he's trying to like rape <laughs> people and stuff. Like he comes off as a creepy, weird dude to me. I don't like the way he looks. Uh, bag, bags under his eyes and shit. Right. My next question for you guys just we could go into this this topic for for hours, I'm sure, but I just want a simple a simple one team answer. Where will LeBron be playing at the start of next season? Cavaliers. I'm going to go Cleveland also. I'm going to go 76ers. Ooh. I'm saying Philly as well. I'm going to say Cleveland. That's tough. It, I mean, him any, all, all, his, all his options, I mean, I, I, other than the Lakers, depending on who they can acquire with him, but I mean, whether it's Houston or Philly or, or any of these teams he could go, I mean, Jeez, can you imagine the Houston Rockets with the addition of of LeBron James? Wow, you, you replace Trevor Ariza with LeBron James, right? Right. I just but, don't. You know, see... we already had this conversation last summer that you know was Harden and CP3 two ball dominant guys would they work together? And then you're going to add LeBron James, who is also a very ball dominant guy who wants to facilitate. You know, obviously we said that last summer, and the whole CP3 Harden thing has worked out. But if you throw LeBron James in that mix, yeah, that's a crazy star power. But I just don't know, like, is there enough touches for all three of those guys, you know? Right. Well, okay, so he's doing the same thing, right? Uh, but yeah, that's true. My thing is, I don't see LeBron going anywhere near the West. 
because if he stays in the East, regardless if it's Philly, Miami, Cleveland, they've got a decent shot to go to the finals every year, and that's what his main goal is. If he goes to the Lakers, what's the point in going and playing with like Kuzma, Alonzo Ball, and all those young guys that have no playoff experience? Maybe he goes with another superstar. Who knows? But what's the point of having two superstars and a lot of guys that never experienced the playoffs just to hopefully get into the finals? Whereas you go to Philly, where they have a bunch of young guys that are really turning it up, um, back to Miami for some odd reason because they're playing really, really well. Or if you stay in Cleveland with that revamped roster, it doesn't make any sense for him to go west. So I'm saying he's right. still staying in the east. I don't know where. Okay. I'm with you. Yep. Okay, my next question um... It's really, really weird, just just a heads up. It's pretty thought-provoking. It, I thought of it whenever we acquired Corey Brewer. Um, so basically, in the league today, you don't see many guys rocking headbands anymore. So give me your all-NBA headband team of current players. Top five guys that still rock the headband in the league, if you had to put a team together, starting five. Do they, you said current? Yeah. Current players. Current players? Well, the, the Thunder got two of them, right? Right. I, 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 I think I think Melo I think Melo could crack the top five, but I but I do think that there there's four guys better than Corey Brewer that still wear headbands out there. If you can think of them, uh, Vince Carter used to. I don't know if I Vince Carter used to. Me. Vince Carter used to. I, I I came up with my my all NBA headband team would be Isaiah Thomas. Oh, that's a good one. Melo. I threw in the vet Zebo because he still he still seems to give some teams fits. No, and then, of course, of course, you've got uh, Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins both rock the headband. You okay, are yeah. forgetting the okay. most. You are forgetting like the largest player in the NBA right now, which is Bron. LeBron James. LeBron. He doesn't rock the headband anymore. He's kind of hit or miss, isn't he? Yeah. I feel like he some sometimes does. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's. I mean, he. Yeah, he. He kind of gave up on the whole cover up my hairline thing and and started rocking no headband. I got another one for you. Charlie Villanueva because he doesn't have eyebrows, so he needs a headband yeah, to keep the true. sweat out of his that eyes. That is very true. <laughs> suffered, the headband for Charlie Villanueva is a necessity. He suffers right, from it's not like alopecia. A, it's not a fashion thing. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. remember whenever Kevin Garnett called Charlie Villanueva a cancer patient? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's like some next yes. level trash talk. Did you not hear about that? Not. Villanueva came out and he was like, I'm cool with trash talk. But Kevin Garnett called me a cancer patient. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's probably then, why Stephen Adams uh, makes sure he didn't speak any English. That's why I put Stephen I think Kevin Garnett that. came back and said something like, I called him a cancer to his team. You know that's a damn lie. Yeah. <laughs> KG straight up called him a cancer patient. Oh, my God. <laughs> You guys remember when James Harden used to rock the headband in OKC? He did. Oh, yeah. He did for a little bit. I think I think Paul Paul George rocked it a couple games in Indiana too. He did. I think everyone tries it out once or twice. Make the headband great again, you know? Right. Absolutely. I think I don't know how many times Russ has worn a headband, but I remember one time that he did. He had one of the best dunks of his mask. career. Oh yeah, my the, god. The mask that headband. Everything ever. <laughs> Whenever he went coast to coast and threw that one down on Philly. That was disgusting. That was awesome. One of my, maybe maybe the best. You're right. That might have been the best. But that's so hard to tell. But definitely maybe top five. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. So our next segment's gonna be called Shoot Your Shot. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Well, listen. Sometimes you gotta shoot your shot. You gotta shoot your shot. That's what it is. Bang! 
going to be kind of a trivia section where um, every week we're going to ask. I'm going to ask three questions to you guys. The first one's going to be Thunder related. The second question is going to be just NBA or sports related in general, not tied to the Thunder. And then the third question is going to be pop culture. Um, just due to the fact that that if one of you guys gets it right, it kind of gives away to the others. We're going to go for a team approach here, and, and I'm going to quiz you guys every week and, and see how many as a collective as a collective pod you guys can get right. This week is what I think is easy. I'm, I may have to adjust how easy or hard it is based on how you guys do this week. But the first question is a thunder question, and it, it should be easy based on um, some, some stuff that's gone on this year and some stats that have been out there. But what is the most points scored by a Thunder team ever in a game. This is not including Seattle. As the Oklahoma City Thunder, what's the most amount of points we've ever scored in a game? And we're, we're working together on this? It's not individuals' yes. answer? Yes, right. Because okay. okay. if, if one of you guys got it right, the other three could kind of just piggyback on it, you know? For sure. Um, How many points did we score against Cleveland? In yeah, Cleveland? it was That's two or good. three more that than mean? we scored against Cleveland. It was like 144 or something? That's what I was going to say. One, I was going to say 143, so I think I think so like 145, one. 146 is the is the record. Is that your guys' final answer? Yes. Final. Yes. Okay. The correct answer is actually 149. Ooh. It was in a it was in a two overtime game against the Minnesota Timberwolves back in March of 2012. I remember, I remember that, that game. game. I do too. <laughs> when KD and uh, Kevin Love were trading buckets back Three and forth. Three point shots. Right. I, I so specifically got... remember that Nick Collison screen that got KD open in the corner. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> I was at that, that yeah. game. That was a hell of a game, man. That's awesome. You guys are 0 for 1 to start. That's a very Damn. good start. Um, <laughs> what, what do we get if we get a question right? Oh, we're, we're going to tally it up and just at, at the end of at the end of every certain amount of time, every, end of every month, end of every year, we're going to see what you guys' record is on these questions. Okay, we'll figure out. Hey, right, on right. Twitter... On Twitter, if you guys think of something that we should do for which ones we get wrong or right or whatever, uh, tweet us ideas so we can get those involved in the podcast. Yes, definitely. Second, the next second question, uh, this general sports question is actually going to be an NBA question. What is the longest winning streak in NBA history? How many games? Oh shit! 20, it's an old Lakers. Is it the Lakers? It is the Lakers. From from the seventy one seventy two season, but how many how many games in a row was it? I think it was twenty seven. If Justin's saying twenty seven, I I'll go with Justin. I'm going with Justin. Agreed. Okay, you guys are going to be zero for two to get the <sighs> the pod kicked off. The answer was thirty three straight games. I think the twenty seven you're thinking of was that Miami. Whenever LeBron, yes, Wade, that was Bosch the one had I was that, that, of. That's the one you're thinking of, and they were they were approaching that thirty three. God, could you imagine 33 straight? It's incredible. Dude, I can't even imagine eight straight right now for this. I know, no shit. Yeah, just the the league in general. I don't know. I mean, maybe the Rockets could do that, but not not 30. Sorry, the the eight. But, oh man, that's, that's impressive. That's crazy. I remember when the Spurs got up to like 20, and then OKC went in and just beat the shit out of them in OKC. Yeah, that's um, the Spurs were on a 20-something game win streak whenever they came to Oklahoma City, I believe, in 2012, whenever we went to the finals, because they had won the first two down in, in San Antonio. And then they came up here, and the Thunder beat them for the first time in like 20-something games in game three. 
Third question. I, I guess I'm about to start making them easier. You guys are gonna have to start getting better. I, I thought the first two would be would be pretty easy for you guys. This third one's kind of a hard one. It's a pop culture question. At the end of 2016, what was the number one song on the Billboard Top 100? Oh man, 2016. I will get. I will give you a hint, just because that, that is kind of a broad question. The artist was none other than Justin Bieber. Sorry, the artist was Justin Bieber. No, dude. I mean, like, sorry by Justin Bieber. Oh, is that is that is that? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, come again. <laughs> um, I have, I don't know any Justin Bieber songs, so this one's you. You guys got to carry us here. This is all Taylor right here. I don't know any Justin Bieber. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I mean, I like hip hop, but come on. Is it? Can we, can we get a Can we get a lifeline? It's either that yeah. sorry. It's either that sorry song or that or that weird song that's about like uh, it's about like consent or something about that like from like with that with that girl. It's either one of those two. Oh, maybe I don't know. Taylor, we're relying on you for this one. Definitely, I'm gonna have to go with sorry. And sorry, like at the end of. Uh, the, the 2016 Billboard Top 100 was the number two song. Oh! oh. I was there. The number, suck. Is it the, the number Spanish one, one song? No, the number one song was Love Yourself. Oh, boring. Yep. <laughs> we might have to three. Three, three, man. Now. Oh, for three. Just oh, for like, three. Yeah, just like Mello. Shay Serrano would be so disappointed. God damn it. Yeah, sorry, Shay. We'll still come see you next Saturday, though. Agreed. <laughs> All right, so speaking of that pop culture question, we're going to have a little segment in the pod here, uh, most of the time every week, called Pop Culture Minute. We're also going to have midweek pods coming up uh, eventually that are going to be based around pop culture as well. But for this week's Pop Culture Minutes, it's all about video games. Uh, lately, I've been playing a lot of Xbox. Uh, recently just played the Bioshock series, which was really awesome. And a few weeks ago, this is kind of illegal, but I think it's okay to say on the podcast. I don't think the feds are listening. I um, I downloaded a whole bunch of like illegal software, and I hacked my old Nintendo Wii to where now it plays old GameCube games. Like I can just download GameCube games for free off the internet and play That's them cool. on my Wii. So it's like yeah, you know, it's old throwback stuff, you know, like playing Mario Party and Super Smash Brothers and Zelda and all this stuff. <laughs> for the pop culture minute, I just want to throw a question out there to you guys, and we can discuss however much you want. But what is your favorite, like, old vintage video game? Like, nostalgic, takes you back to, like, whenever you were a kid. What was your favorite video game as a kid? I'll Super Smash Bros. Donkey Kong. Super Smash Bros. Donkey Kong, okay. Uh, Nick, Super Smash Bros., uh, the one on N64 or GameCube? No, I actually... I forget which platform it was, but it was one of the first games I had, like, camped outside of GameStop for. It was Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Okay, heck yeah, man, heck yeah. Uh, Justin, you said Donkey Kong? Definitely. I, I used to get Donkey Kong and stay up till, like, midnight and play it on the Super Nintendo with all my buddies. Hell yes. Can't go uh, wrong with that. Super Nintendo, I'd probably have to go with some of the... Uh, maybe some Street Fighter or or uh, one of the Mario games, and then if you go to like PlayStation, you've got Crash Bandicoot. If you got N64, you gotta have uh, you gotta have the Pokemon 
Pokemon one. What was it called? Pokemon, uh... There we go. Stadium? There's a few one. There was Pokemon, Pokemon Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, there was... Pokemon Stadium. Not, yeah. that, not that Snap crap. Pokemon Stadium. Yeah. Dude, Pokemon Snap was dope. What are you talking <laughs> no, about? No, it wasn't. It was not. <laughs> You're a photographer? No. Not like Snap. You just never found out how to get the Dragonite out of the water. Yeah, That's I your did. problem. Yeah, That's I did. <laughs> or you gotta throw the apples at the Charmeleon until he falls in the lava and becomes a Charizard. Yes. It's kind of cool. I was one of those Pokemon nerds. I my very first video game I ever got was uh, Pokemon Yellow on the Game Boy Color. Nice. Hell uh, yeah! Isn't Pokemon that the one? one? Isn't that the one where Pikachu just follows you around? Follows you around and like yeah. it's the first Game Boy Color like in all color of the Pokemon games instead of just being yep. like all red or all blue or even all green in Japanese. Cool. Like this one was actually multicolored, so that was pretty Dude, cool. And then from that point forward, I, I, I did just Pokemon. But I, I have played all of your guys' games you mentioned. I love love this 64. Um, love the GameCube, all that stuff. I um I still remember the day when I got my Game Boy Color. It was the see-through purple one. Yeah, my Game Boy Color, one. and I got Pokemon Blue. And I had like my little. This was before the internet, so you had to get like the little game guide book. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. And I had the game guide that had like all the maps and like where you find all the Pokemon at. And then, just this one's so good, the old. Ninja Turtles beat them up arcade game. Ooh, that I never got game, to that. oh dude, they had the arcade version at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I spent so many damn quarters on that game. Always played as Donatello. That was my game. That was That's my cool. game. Um, you guys play any current video games? I play a lot of 2K. Uh, it's weird. I still have my I still have my old Xbox 360. I play uh, an online dynasty in NCAA 2014 because the NCAA is greedy and won't give money to athletes, which really sucks. And I've re- yeah. I, re- I recently have been trekking into Fortnite, in which I suck at. So there's that. Nice. Any of the other guys playing any games currently? Yeah, I'm. I'm not playing a whole lot. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of time to play video games, but when I do, uh, it's a little bit of Fortnite, a little bit of 2K. Is is, is about the the realm of my video game spectrum. Fortnite's okay, taking over. Yeah, yep. it's all over the place. Taylor, you playing I anything? Play, I don't. Play I, I haven't recently. Um, like when I left for college, I, I left my Xbox 360 at home, and um, granted, home was only about 30 minutes away, so it wasn't a big deal. But um, like, I'm even re- like when I play video games, usually with my little brother back at home, we'll, we play a ton of 2K. Um, we'll play some Throwback Madden, a lot of sports games, and then he he introduced me to Fortnite. I grew up playing a lot of Call of Duty, but recently I haven't really played a whole lot. If, if I play, it's typically 2K. What about you, Justin? I have a different route here. Being a director of a before and after school program, I got to play Just Dance with the kids. Ooh. They, they <laughs> always fun. get me to, to play dance with them. And there's this one song, I believe it's on Just Dance 2017, called I Love It. And I am absolutely good at that song. Like, the kids will never beat me. It's like one of those they have to play me because they don't know if they're finally going to beat me or not. So definitely just dance. It's a good workout, too. We need, we need video. Video or it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We'll, we'll post on the uncontested. <laughs> there we go. We'll, we'll tweet the video out. I'm, uh, I'm playing a lot of Overwatch currently. Um, and then, like I said, I've hacked the Wii. So the fiance and I are going through some of the old Zelda games. We're about to beat Legend of Zelda Wind Waker right now. 
Ooh. Yeah. Actually, the whole reason I hacked my Wii into playing GameCube games was because we wanted to play Wind Waker, so I went to buy it, and that damn thing's like 75 bucks. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We'll just go the illegal route, and we'll download the software, and um, we'll we'll just download it for free off the internet. So, so you're telling me I can go home and like dig in my childhood home, dig in all my boxes, find my old GameCube games, and make like 75 a pop? I'm all in. Uh, possibly, yeah. Some of those things, dude. That's like awesome. the Zelda and like the Mario's and stuff. You get a lot of money for those. Like it's crazy. Man. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we're going to shift into some giveaways and promos that we're going to be doing here at the Uncontested. And over this week, if you give us a Twitter shout-out, we will pick one random person for a Thunder prize. The number one prize that we got for last night went to Erica Riley at E-R-K-A-R-I-L-E-Y, who won a $10 Starbucks gift card at random. So give her a follow over there on Twitter, ThunderFam. And now we're going to move into some Twitter questions that we received today. I will say them out with the at and the person's name, and I will call on people to answer them. So the first one comes from Matteo Gallardo at Thunder underscore Fan 2000, who asks, how much has Corey Brewer, or as I like to call him, Lord Chicken Legs? exceeded your expectations so far we'll start off with Camiar on that one <laughs> uh what's his name what, some chicken legs what's it lord called chicken legs i think lord chicken legs has definitely surpassed lots of people's expectations i think you gotta say it's definitely that billy donovan bump uh but yeah i don't i don't, I don't know i, I what, what's say the question again lord chicken legs got me i'm sorry He asked, how much has Corey Brewer, or as I like to call him, Lord Chicken Legs, exceeded your expectations so far? So is this like a scale question, like 1 to 10? Is this like, oh, yeah, what am I working with? Yeah, do a 1 to 10. Do a 1 to 10. All right, I'll do a 1 to 10. Uh, 1 being he has basically just thought what I thought he was, and 10 being as far as like, holy crap, this guy's a guy. He can play. I'll go definitely with an 8. Uh, that guy leaks out in a transition like we thought he would. The guy uh, cuts and slashes like we thought he would and actually finishes, which is really nice. But also, another thing that I really, really like, although he's been sh- he shot like 18% on the year, and he's never, ever been like a really a three-point shooter, when he catches it in the corner, he understands he's got to go up with it. So he does go up with it, and it's no hesitation, whereas when Andre Robertson did I'm not saying he's any better than Andre Robertson, so get that out of your minds. But when Andre Robertson did it, it was like a hesitation for two or three seconds, and then he would kick out, whereas Corey Brewer takes it and immediately goes up with it. There's no hesitation. So I'm going to go with an eight because he's legitimately becoming a piece where I think I would rather have him back next year. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, he's definitely exceeded my expectations. Um, Whenever he came in, I really thought that there was a chance he would end up starting. And now that has come to fruition. But he's played better than I thought he would, uh, especially offensively. Defensively, he's been about what I expected. But offensively, hitting those corner threes and everything that he's been able to do offensively so far has exceeded my expectations. Um, I think the Lord Chicken Legs name fits him very well. 
I also think that the Drunken Dribbler is an incredible nickname and incredibly accurate for Corey Brewer. When he dribbles that ball, you have no clue where the heck that thing's going. It's all over the place, man. I personally really like giraffe on roller skates. thought that was hilarious. That's a good one. <laughs> but, I mean, probably equivalent of the Drunken Dribbler. That's, it's also solid. You got anything else to add, Nick? I'm, I'm, I'm really big on him right now. He's playing well, doing a lot better than I thought he would. That being said, as a Thunder fan, I'm not getting my hopes up. Um, <laughs> we, we could be doing the same pod next week and have an exact opposite answer to that. So I, my answer is ask me in a couple weeks. Yeah, I definitely think so far he's exceeded expectations. But again, you take that small sample size. And we have to see a couple weeks from now how he is doing. True. All right, so we'll move on to question two. This comes from really big Thunder Twitter user, Jonathan Mitchell, at John underscore Mitchell three. Who wins an NBA Royal Rumble? We'll start off with Taylor. A Royal Rumble? Oh, man. Um, I mean, whoever has Zebo, right? <laughs> I feel like he's a, uh, always a good candidate. Oof. I don't know. That's tough. That's really tough. I mean, yeah, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> Anybody else want to chime in? Uh, I think Bo- Cousins. Yeah. Boogie yeah, Cousins, Boogie, Boogie Boogie Cousins could one. scrap. Um, I think Rondo could scrap a little bit too, so New Orleans might be a good uh, a good team to put in a rumble and have them win for you. Yeah. Hey, I don't want to mess with Steven Adams. I'll throw that out there. Yeah, I, I feel like Raymond Felton could uh, could give someone like the Stone Cold Stunner, you know? Ray Ray, yeah. I'll tell you who I don't want is is that guy Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> He'd probably he back gets, out he on like, you last minute. waits until it gets busy and like nobody's looking and then he like runs back to the tunnel where nobody can see him. Or he wow. waits until you're already fighting somebody else and he sneaks up and <laughs> takes you out. You're laying on the ground and he kicks you. He's that yeah, guy. Yeah, pretty much. He's going to tweet about our podcast from his ghost account. Yeah, that's God, right. I hope so. <laughs> I really... Uh, Matt, I had to Matt Barnes one. isn't in the league anymore, is he? Oh, Matt he is not. No. But he's not. Because not only would Matt Barnes beat you in a fight, but you'd also have hepatitis afterwards. <laughs> All the above. <laughs> Speaking of that, did you guys know, and this would be my pick, that Miami's James Johnson is 19-0 and 0 as a professional fighter outside of basketball? Yeah, he's got a black belt, that. doesn't he? He does. His whole family does. That's insane. Man, I was really wow. high. On, I was really high on James Johnson over the summer. I really wanted OKC to get him, and then when they said my, Miami was resigning him for quite a bit more cash, I was pretty sad. But again, he still has all like he doesn't have. Oh, he's not the one with all those dumb emoji tattoos, right? That's Mike Scott. Correct. Yeah, correct. that's Mike Scott. Correct. Okay. Yeah, Miami's a good one because Dion's South Philly kid. Dion could scrap. Like you, you put both up. those guys. Yeah, but then you have Drogic, so I mean, I guess, oh, yeah. that mixes I guess, it out. I got Pansy. You got Whiteside, Dion, and and James Johnson. They also have Kelly Olynyk, so yeah, maybe they're like really high ceiling, really low floor. They also hey, they have Tyler Johnson, who like, is like a white boy, but I th- he thinks he's from the hood. Oh, yeah. So like, <laughs> but I f- I feel like he's done some stuff to get the respect. So I f- watch out for him, you know. It's interesting. I like Miami. That's All right, a good so, yep, that's a good one. Get ones. So we'll go on to question three. 
I couldn't leave it out. It comes from Thunder Radar, who is at Thunder underscore Radar. If PG leaves, what's the best plan for this franchise going forward? We'll start off with Jacob. Oh, man. Uh, If PG leaves... Mello is assuredly opting into that contract. I would think he may he opts out, but if PG leaves, I think the Thunder stick with Russell Westbrook, try to retool. They still have Steven Adams. They're really high on Terrence Ferguson. Maybe try to make a trade. If Mello opts out, try to get somebody in free agency, but not spend a whole lot of money and just try to tool a roster kind of built around that Russ and Steve pick and roll. Uh, where they can space the floor with three and D shooters and just hope that some of these other guys can develop before Russell Westbrook is too old. Uh, But I don't see any chance of them uh, moving on from Russell Westbrook, whether PG stays or leaves. I think Russell is here for the life of that contract. And uh, the, the best move forward would just be to try to build a team around the strengths of Russell Westbrook to kind of fill in the gaps. I mean, speaking on top of that, it has to be asked if PG does leave. Do any of you guys regret not doing that PG for Blake Griffin swap? That's a really good question. You know, and that honestly, when that news came out, that really surprised me because PG is not guaranteed for those long years, whereas um, Blake Griffin is. You know, uh, and that's more the Presty move is to get that controllable contract, that long contract. And so to me, that told me that Presti's really confident that PG's staying. I think, I think as far as that deal goes, if we did make that trade and basically for the next four or five years, we're locked in with Blake Griffin and Russ, um, you know, that keeps us a decent team at least for the next four or five years. But money wise, um, if, Taking taking Russ and Blake Griffin forward as our as our top two guys for the next four or five years. I'm not sure our ceilings as high as if PG stays and PG and Russ is our is our top two guys going forward. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I have, I have no idea what OKC would do if PG were to leave because I think you're still over the cap, aren't you? If PG leaves, yeah, yes. So you really have no moves unless you could convince Milo again to. Uh, you could convince Melo to opt out, maybe, to open up or, a little bit of I guess, cash. Uh, I guess not opt in. I think that's how, is that how that works. He would not opt in this upcoming correct. end of the yep. season. Okay. Uh, he could, would decline his player option. Yeah, gotcha. or another way you could like maybe go along the ways of which you could ask him uh, if he's interested in going anywhere else other than OKC and try to trade him because having uh, the, the a one year contract that's worth that much would really get a lot of player a lot of teams interested as far as just having that one year deal that would be uh, that would be nice for some teams that are trying to dump salary uh, or OKC would be doing that. those are my dogs in the background anyways but anyways <laughs> um so there's that but if PG leaves like there's nothing but smaller kind of things going on yeah i i agree um i i i think not taking on that that Blake Griffin contract gives us more flexibility going forward and if we have to have kind of a similar season to last season, this coming season, if PG were to leave, then I think that puts us in a good position going forward when we get rid of Mello, and then we have a lot of flexibility to either make a trade or to pick somebody up. So, yeah. Definitely. That was a good question. Definitely. 
Justin, which uh, which question did you like the most? The number one I liked was from Jonathan Mitchell about the Royal Rumble because that one just gets yeah. thinking like cool. if you got into a fight, who's who's gonna be backing you up and winning that one? So yeah, I would definitely, definitely go with Miami on that one. Uh, awesome. So we're doing a giveaway for Jonathan Mitchell then, right? We are doing yeah. a giveaway for Jonathan Mitchell. So I will make sure to message him and get that up for him. And awesome. we have plenty awesome. more giveaways planned. So if you stay tuned, um, we have special RT giveaways. They are completely random. We will pick random tweets, and you won't even know that you guys are retweeting and be entered to win a prize giveaway. Heck yeah. So be looking out on the Twitter handle and engaging with us because we're going to try to do a lot of giveaways for you guys. And then kind of wrap things up, we have the upcoming week for the Thunder. It's a busy one. We have uh, we have four games, if you include the Raptors game on Sunday. First of these is the Kings. Uh, they're, it's at home Monday, tomorrow at 7 o'clock Central Time. They are currently 21-45. and 45. They're 12th in the West, 3-7 of the last 10, and that's pending this afternoon. I know they lost, and I'm not sure how that affects that, but maybe just – you know, they're even worse. Um, <laughs> then we have the Hawks at Atlanta. That's an away game, 6.30 Central Time. But it's a back-to-back, so that's going to be on Tuesday. So that that's a little rough. But they are 20 and 46, so very similar. That makes them 14 in the East. And they also are 3 of 7, pending this afternoon, of their last 10 games. So um, those should be two easy ones that we should definitely put away, regardless if Steven's healthy or not. But knowing this Thunder team, that worries me a little bit. Um, then we have the Clippers Friday at home, 7 p.m. Central Time. They are currently 36 and 29, eighth in the West, and they are seven three and seven and three of their last ten. So they're one of those teams that we definitely need them to, to lose, and we need to beat them. This is a really important one this Friday. We have the Raptors to finish up the week next Sunday, a week from today at Toronto. That's a kind of a weird game. It's a noon Central at Toronto, and as we know, they're on fire. 48 and 17 they're first in the east they've won nine in their last 10 and they just won today so they're they're playing really well so uh last week we had a little practice pod a little get together you guys haven't heard um i would i said two and one thought we were gonna lose to the spurs nick thought the same thing Kamiar said two and one and he predicted the rockets blow out so i thought they were gonna kill us but thought we'd rebound with the suns and then the spurs he was correct and jacob i also believe you were two and one is that correct Yep, I, I want the same route as Calmiar did. Okay, cool. So yeah, you both were you both were spot on. So what do you guys think this week? We have four games. Just a little re- quick recap: Kings, Hawks, Clippers, Raptors. Uh, Calmiar, let's start with you. I'm gonna go that OKC. Uh, it's it's not gonna. I'm gonna say it's not gonna be fun. I feel like they're gonna drop the Clippers game at home, and that they'll end up going either. I'll I'll say they'll go two and two. Uh, they're gonna beat the Kings and the Hawks back to back. They will lose to the Clippers and the Raptors. Yuck. I mean that that's probably accurate. I hope we're a little better than that. But if we go two and two, we'll still be we'll still be alive. Jacob, what about you? Uh I am going to go three and one. I think the Thunder will definitely win the back to back, the Kings and Hawks. Um, the Clippers Raptors, they're going to win one of those two. I would not be surprised if they win that game up in Toronto, but I'm going to go ahead and count that one as a loss. Uh, so I'm going to say they're going to beat Kings Hawks Clippers and they're going to lose to the Raptors up in Toronto. All right. Two cranes. What do you got? I say 
honestly, I, I think we could easily go 4-0. We match up well with the Raptors. Um, that being said, that is the you know the the last game of the week. Um, they're playing well right now. They're playing better than we are. So I'm going to go three as one as well with the Raptors loss. All right, Jay Hickness. I got? always go. I always go out of the ordinary. So I'm going four and zero. I think this All team right. is playing really well. I think that the Corey Brewer addition. Hopefully, he keeps up playing well. But um, I can't go the same as each of you guys. So I'm going four and zero. I like it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go three and one also. Uh, the Thunder with a back-to-back scares me. But I think we can take, take care of business with it being the Hawks. Um, we just got a report from Royce Young today saying that Stephen Adams is questionable for tomorrow against the Kings, which I think is a really good sign about that injury. That's not a serious ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. And then I also think these guys are going to – I mean, they're fired up right now, and they know what's at stake. So I think they'll show up ready to play against the Clippers, the Windows 3. But the Raptors scare me, man. They're They're hot. And uh, after a long week like this, I could see where we would drop that one. And it's also a weird time. I think I mentioned that. It's, it's noon on Sunday, and the Thunder don't seem to do well with those kinds of games. So I'm going to go ahead and say 3-1 to one, Raptors loss. Very nice. So we will keep track of these, and we will see how we all did on next Sunday. We will pod after the Raptors game. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for listening to the first ever episode of The Uncontested. We really appreciate you guys, and we're looking forward to bringing you quality entertainment. Uh, If you haven't already, make sure to follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. You can find Justin over at jhickness9. He's probably tweeting about Kyle Singler. You can find Kalmiar at BoomtownRW, also OU Sooners fan. He does a lot of work for them as well. Nick is over at Two Cranes, that's C-R-A-I-N-Z. Taylor is at Taylor underscore P15. And myself at ThunderMob405. Upcoming on The Uncontested, we have a lot of really cool things coming up. Uh, Multiple guests are lined up for the show thunder personalities that you see on tv maybe even a former thunder player is going to come on here and chat with us for a bit uh and we love your guys feedback uh, anything you can give us on twitter uh we would love to hear from you guys how you enjoyed the first pod how we can be better this whole thing is designed to be entertaining for you uh be on the lookout for a lot of those prizes and also if you're listening on itunes please go leave us a five-star review that would be awesome for us and would really help us out uh, if you want to leave a little comment on there as well you can uh, but a five-star review would be awesome maybe we'll even do a little giveaway for somebody who leaves us a five-star review so thanks again for listening and until next sunday thunder up Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.